What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Season 2 of the Four Birds Podcast. It's late August now, and football is so close, you can, you can almost hear it if you listen. But the boys and I are back with a long first episode to give rundowns and updates from all things fall camp. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. Let's get it. Season two of the Four Verts podcast, back better than ever. Uh, this episode, we're going to recap. Well, not recap. We're actually going to preview the 2021 season, give you breakdowns of what we're hearing through camp, uh, probably go through a little bit of the schedules. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah, where do, where do we want to start, boys? New new season, football's in the air. It's a beautiful thing. We have a new one, – one squad's got a new coach. One squad's got a new offensive line. One squad hopefully got a little bit better, and then one squad's got a completely new quarterback. So we got a little, a little, a little freshness going into this year. A lot of yeah. changes. Yeah. Hey, and full stadiums. Amen. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. as of right now. Um, where do we want to start, though? We want to start with uh, just some top returning players for the teams. Cool me. I don't. I don't care. Uh, which team we want to start with? Let's go Clemson. Sam, you go ahead, buddy. All right. Give me some. So, give uh, me. Yeah. Uh, give me. Give me your top returning guys on offense and defense. Give me some. Give me some names to watch that you've been hearing through camp. You know, just anything that's been sticking out. Yeah, we'll just run you through the bases. So obviously, um, losing Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. There's a lot of question marks offensively. Offensive line was subpar last year. Um, but so far, uh, offensively, you know, obviously getting Justin Ross back is a big deal. Um, probably going to be one of the top receivers in the country if he can return to form. Obviously, you never know coming off something like that. Um, but having him back is huge. EJ Williams is back. Had a good freshman year last year at receiver. Uh, on the offensive line, we lose Jackson Carmen at left tackle. We'll move the right tackle, Jordan McFadden, over there to take that uh, blind side for DJ. Uh, Walker Parks was a freshman last year, played a lot of spot duty at both sides. Uh, tackle, he'll be our right tackle this year. Uh, our starting left guard from last year, Matt Bockhorst, uh, his fifth-year senior. He's back, and we've actually moved him to center. Uh, looks like he'll probably start the Georgia game at center. Um, and then at right guard, we returned Will Putnam. as a sophomore last year. Um, and at times just physically overmatched. So hopefully a full normal offseason um, with everybody getting a lot of, you know, work and strength and conditioning, a full summer work, full camp. Obviously everybody getting full springs this year. Hopefully the offensive line will be a lot further ahead physically um, so we won't get pushed around quite as much uh, at the point of attack. And given the, uh, the animal they're going to see in the interior of Georgia's defensive line, that's, that's one of the big question marks, one of the big storylines of camp. 
Um, but true freshman Marcus Tate, a guy out of South Florida, came in. He was a 5'9 on Rivals, four-star recruit. He came in and uh, in the spring was really, really impressive. Played mostly left tackle, was our second string left tackle during the spring. Looked really, really good. And basically, we're to the point now where we're trying to get the best five on the field. So it's looking like him, maybe Hunter Rayburn, um, maybe Mason Trotter. Those three are probably going to split time at, at left guard. Um, but it's looking like the true freshman might might step in there. Um, so as exciting as that is, uh, definitely a little worrisome given given who he's going to face right out of the gate September 4th. Um, but offensively, I mean, that's that's mainly it. Defensively, the only person you lose is uh, Darion Kendrick, who Davini can talk about now. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, we're returning all of our starters, uh, James Skowski, uh, Brandon Spector back on that second level. Trenton Simpson will have an expanded role. Last year, he was kind of our stand-up edge rusher. And a lot of that was due to just lack of depth from the defensive end position. But that should be taken care of. We get Justin Foster back. He was out last year, kind of a long-haul symptom with, with COVID. I don't know if he has asthma, but there was something where his breathing and conditioning was really, uh, I guess, really undercut. Uh, but it seems like he's worked through that. He's back. A uh, veteran guy, really strong at the point of attack. Not so much a pass rush kind of guy, but definitely going to set the edge. Uh, so excited for that. Xavier Thomas is in the best shape he's ever been in at Clemson. Uh, so hopefully he's kind of pushed through the wall that we've seen him hit the last couple of years. But really, really deep on the defensive line. We know about has- Miles Murphy. Has Xavier Thomas put down uh, Call of Duty as a career? Uh, he hung up the headset. <laughs> yeah, hell no. Um, but, again, you know, everybody's got to have a hobby. That's so, true. But it sounds like, sounds like he's, he's sort of turned the corner there, so hopefully he can provide uh, that, that elite speed rush that we, we saw flashes of in 2018 his freshman year. Um, but like I said, we got Miles Murphy back. Brian Bercy, both of those guys started as true freshmen. Both of them were very, very good. Uh, for Murphy, it's all about just expanding pass rush moves. Um, to me, he kind of reminds me of Cleveland Farrell, guy that came in with really good size. Um, but Cleveland was a little bit of the flip-flop, where he had a lot of the pass rush acumen, but was sort of, you know, just needed to get bigger and stronger against the run. Miles Murphy's a guy that's going to play around 275, 280, really, really big dude. Uh, so hopefully he can add a little bit more pass rush this year. And I think that's probably what's going to vault him in terms of what NFL teams are looking for. Because other than that, I mean, he was the number one uh, rated edge player in the entire country last year, according to PFF against the run. Uh, had like a 93 or 94 grade on that, which was spectacular. And then obviously in the inside, you get Brian Bercy, kind of a dancing bear in the middle. Um, and hopefully, you know, again, with the whole season, whole off season, excuse me, of, of strength and conditioning, hopefully he'll be that much more advanced. Because, I mean, this is a guy that played 50, 60 snaps in almost every game. He was out there basically every play of the entire 2020 season. Um, so, but also for him, having Tyler Davis back, who was hurt on and off for, I mean, most of the year last year, having that guy back to take away some of the, you know, some of the attention from him, I think will let both of those guys get loose a little bit easier. Um, like I said, we're returning everybody at linebacker. The secondary was probably last time we saw Clemson. The secondary was getting uh, abused, uh-huh. used and abused. Yeah. And uh, so, obviously, Darion Kendrick was probably one of our best man-to-man cover guys. Um, you know, we lose him. Obviously, he's at Georgia, but replacing him is going to be Andrew Booth, who was, you know, dealt with a couple nagging injuries and missed a couple games and 
was somewhat inconsistent last year, to be honest with you. But we all show we've all seen what that guy can do. Yeah. Um, word through camp is basically that he's he's acknowledged that he's the alpha in that room. He's got to be the guy that's that's got to set the tone and that boundary. Um, you know, really really well built corner, about six foot, two hundred five, two ten, somewhere in that area. So kind of a kind of a big guy playing that boundary spot, which Clemson likes. Uh, really long arms, so what he lacks in that, you know, elite six one, six two kind of height range, he makes up for it with just athleticism, length, uh, that kind of thing. So really looking forward to a full season of Andrew Booth. Um, on the opposite side of him, we'll probably have Mario Goodrich. Uh, he's he's a guy that's been in the program for a few years out of Kansas, was a four star recruit at a high school, and frankly, just never really got there mentally. Um, but it sounds like he's sort of come into his own a little bit. He'll probably occupy the field side corner. Guy that's got really good straight line speed. He's he's got a handful of career interceptions. So I mean, he is a little bit opportunistic with the ball. But I can think of a handful of plays last year, specifically one against Georgia Tech, where the play before we threw the bomb to Amari Rogers for the 80-yard touchdown, he got absolutely smoked by Jalen Camp on a, just a pretty basic post route. So got to see a little bit better than that. Um, but like I said, the, the word is, is that he's he's made a, a lot of improvements technique-wise. Um, so excited about that. And then you have Malcolm Green, who was a freshman last year, played a lot second half of the season. He'll play mostly the nickel spot. He might slide into, into some safety, uh, depending on how much we go Don looks uh, with six DBs on the field. Behind him, it'll be a uh, speed racer, our NASCAR guy, Fred Davis, and then uh, Sheridan Jones. Those will, those will be the next wave of, of defensive backs that come in. But at safety, you return um, – Joseph Charleston, who played a lot at strong safety. Uh, obviously, Nolan Turner is going to play free safety. Landon Zanders, Troy Palomalo Jr., uh, played a good bit last year. Come to mm-hmm. find out, he played the entire season with a torn rotator cuff. Um, so, so that's why. Uh, yeah, so a lot of the headaches he gave me trying to tackle or attempt to tackle, hopefully that was – They're, they're uh, forgiven a little bit. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. So I'm going to see what happens with – him and I mean it is what it is guys it takes time to learn the secondary it's a hard position but um so like I said defensively I think we're going to be really good I think we have a lot more functional depth than we've had in the last couple of years um and offensively I mean you know you you got DJ we all know what he did in in a couple of games um really flash what he can be so it's just a matter of now him taking control of the offense and instead of the coaches having to kind of rein rein him in and, and let the offense run around him. It's going to be him taking charge of it and just really showing off what he could do. So, I mean, this is another, I think when you look at the schedule after Georgia, there's, there's just not a whole lot of meat on the bone, if you know what I mean? Um, so, obviously, I mean, one obviously. Of yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You only play who's on your schedule, <laughs> but, but, you know, I think the biggest thing for him is game one. So, but after that, I mean, even if you even if you drop the first game, everything's still on the table as far as playoffs and ACC championship and what have you. So, and I think that's still the expectation. Um, when the ACC beat Carolina, um, and then then go play for it all. So, should be another fun season. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I mean, only I just quick conversation about just Clemson. I think it's easy to sit there and say, you know, Clemson has a question mark of losing Trevor, but it's kind of a, a rare situation with we had Kobe here last year, and then you got to see full games of DJ last year. So, I mean, he has that experience. He has plenty of snaps. Um, I don't know how much of a drop-off there'll be. So, 
really uh, you can sit there and say there's a question mark, but it's it's not that questionable. So kind of a rare situation where you were able to get two really good quarterbacks getting time and getting DJ prepped. Um, obviously, he was behind a good, uh, a solid guy to learn from. So be interested to see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think the biggest <clears> thing for Lawrence is that he came in so polished just understanding how to make reads, not putting the ball in, in trouble. DJ has such a huge arm that that seems to be a problem sometimes, some scrimmage reports, or he's, he's still learning what he can and can't do, which is good because Clemson has a really good defense. So it's good that he's going up against those guys and, and, and having some struggles because uh, it's better to learn in practice than to learn from, you know, throwing picks in a game. Um, but accuracy and mechanic issues, I mean, that's, that's something he's going to continue to live with just because he is a baseball guy. Um, you know, he's, he's out there trying to sling it. So sometimes you'll have it where he sails balls. If you go back and look at Boston College throwing back to his left, that was a, a big issue that you didn't see quite as much against Notre Dame. Um, but he's, he's not nearly as polished as Trevor was. So, again, I think not to say that he's not a really, really good, maybe even generational talent-wise quarterback, um, but just a different guy. And anytime you have a different quarterback, the system is going to change a little bit because he's not the same type of player as Trevor was. Bigger arm, arguably, um, you know, probably not as fast, more of a physical runner. I think, frankly, you'll probably see the offense go back to more of that Taj Boyd style where we're, we're going to run powers with the quarterback. We're going to chunk it deep. Um, we're going to try and get the middle of the field involved with the tight ends. Justin Rawls playing the slot. Um, so I think the offense will look – Offense is still going to look like Clemson, but I think there'll be a lot of things that, you know, just little nuances that that'll look different, you know, just to tailor it to DJ's skill set. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a question that I have. So, of course, you have all the, you know, big five-star receivers on the roster and everything. Um, and, you know, looking at the 2D that you sent or whatever that, or that you have on the document, um, there's a lot of guys that were on the roster last year, but really – Looking back at it, Travis Etienne and and um, Amari Rogers were the two guys that you really like. That I feel like Clemson really counted on to kind of get get those third downs and and you know clutch situations. Who are those guys going to be this year? Do you think? Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's where losing Amari is a big deal because we don't really have a ton of those slot types anymore. Those third down, you know, you know, reliable hands, somebody that can get open. Um, but obviously I think it starts with Justin Ross because he is in the slot. I think he's going to have a lot more matchups with, you know, nickel cornerbacks, safeties. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you'll even uh, scheme one up where you can get him on a linebacker or something. So I think obviously he's, he, it, it's got to begin with number eight. Um, you got to get in the ball early and often. You know, and, and I think with, with the kind of injuries coming off of, or not necessarily injury, but more of just a, I guess it's a birth defect. I guess it's what you would call it. Um, but, you know, trying to have him come back and play full speed with that, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that works and how, you know, if they cut him loose or if they try and work him back in. But I think given the magnitude of game one, you, you got to go with what you know. We, we know what Justin Ross is or we know what he was. Um, you got to assume he can, he can, you know, pick back up where he left off. So, he's – I mean, he's got to be your guy. But yeah. aside from him, I think – Frank Ladson and Joe Angata are probably the next two that, you know, everybody's just kind of waiting on. Both guys that were, you know, highly touted at high school. Um, and they've just dealt with 
nagging injuries and you know what have you since they've been at Clemson and we haven't really got to see them in game action do what we hear that they can do in you know practice and scrimmage situations so I think those are your guys that you got to look to next EJ Williams is the other one had a really solid freshman year really came on toward the end of the season and I think he's a guy that positional versatility you can move him in the field side he's got that speed um, he can he can play in the slot he's, he's got a good route running but I also think that uh you know, he's, he's big enough to play in the boundary. So you can, you can move him around. And I think he's, he's one that's shown you he's, he can do it in the games or God and lads and frankly, haven't probably haven't shown you as much or certainly not any more than, than EJ has. But uh, like I said, I, I think it, it's got to start with Justin Ross. Yeah. Is he taking hits in practice? I mean, like, is he going to be ready to go and take a big hit? Come yeah. Down? So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it should be. So when when camp started, um, he was cleared right before. So they said he was going to be full go. And then he had to deal with some some COVID protocols. And by that point in time, had to go back to uh, to the acclimation period of seven days, couple couple days in shells, couple days with thud work, and then go back to full contact. So they said he looked really really good in the scrimmage we had last Saturday. Uh, today's the twenty third, so that would have been the fourteenth. Um, full scrimmage in Death Valley said he looked really good, probably played somewhere in the ballpark of 20 to 25 snaps because they're rotating guys pretty aggressively in that. But um, said he took three or four big shots and was happy as hell to get hit just to be back out there running live. So, like I said, I, I think he's going to be full go. I would assume that because he's he's the established dog in that room, you got to let him go. Um, it's just a matter of if they're going to have him on a snap count or if he gets popped, they'll pull him right back off, off the field. Um Really can't say how will, you know, how much full go he'll be, but I would expect he'd he'd be a hundred percent. And like I said, given given the magnitude of game one, you got to have your best players on the field as much as possible. Yeah, talk to me about uh, Will Shipley, because there's a lot of people on the uh, on the boards that are uh, hyping him up and saying he's probably going to be the guy. Come, you know. Yeah a couple of games in the season. Yeah, so Shipley was a mid-year guy, um, high four-star recruit out of high school. And really the thing that stood out with him is just apparently he's very, you know, very, very versatile. Uh, you know, thinking about what Travis Etienne became later on in his career as far as running routes and catching passes and, and being able to do a lot of different things for you, just aside from being obviously really, really special running the ball. Uh, I think Shipley gives you – some of that, not saying he's Travis Etienne, but just saying that he can do a lot of the same things and a lot of the things that we've been able to incorporate in the offense with throwing the ball to the running backs and, and making the defense have to worry about that guy, just making that number be accounted for. I think Shipley gives you a lot of that. Uh, he's apparently really, really natural uh, special teams-wise as far as the return man. Supposedly opening kickoff in the scrimmage last Saturday I talked about, you know, apparently the opening kickoff, he, uh, he housed that bad boy. So really good speed. I mean, he's 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 a pretty thick guy. He's pretty well built to be a freshman. Um, so I think, I think frankly, he's he's a guy right now that he'd probably be the third guy on the depth chart. Um, but I think you'll probably see in big bold letters or between him, Kobe Pace, and Lynn J. Dixon. So it's uncommon that that happens at Clemson. There's a real big emphasis on pass protection. Uh, knowing who you're going to pick up when you got 
you know, franchise caliber quarterback sitting in the backfield. You can't afford for a guy to come free and your, your running back not be able to pick him up because he doesn't know where he's supposed to go or not be willing to put his head down and, and get in that guy's grill. Well, it is a good thing that DJ plays at 270. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a unit. DJ waiting at 247, so I'm not I'm not so not so concerned about him getting hurt off the hit, but but certainly you want to keep your quarterback upright, and that's one of the things that keeps a lot of young running backs off the field. Anybody that's recruited to play, you know, Power Five Division One football, we know you can do it with the ball in your hands. It's, it's what you can do without it, and I think that's that's a lot of where Shipley's advanced um, compared to the guys previous. Um, so. I'm excited about him. I think I think we're going to find ways situationally to work him in, especially early on in the season. But I think talent-wise, he's probably got the highest ceiling of anybody in that room. Uh, and he just provides something a little bit different. So schematically, I think you can do a lot of things with him. And I think just because he is a really, really gifted athlete that you know, once the ball's in his hands, he's, he's going to do what he's got to do. Uh, so I'm excited about him, though. Uh, should be Should be a nice little asset for us. Yep. Yeah. Anybody have any more Clemson questions? I've got one more that I'm, that I'm going to ask. Here that we have uh, that has less question marks. So it's yeah. Less, I'm, less I'm, I have one more that I'm going to ask all of you probably, but just one name before that before the season is not necessarily a household name that by the end of the season could be. Um, I mean. I think we all know who DJ Uyunglele is at this point. Yeah, someone that's not already a household name. And I think casual college football fans may or may not know who he is. So I would the easy answer is to take DJ. Um, but I think somebody that that keeps up with it, probably a name that you you wouldn't know. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to go Will Shipley to be honest with you. I think by the end of the season, he he very well could be the starting running back. Um, yeah. Not yeah. saying that he will. But I think just given all that we've seen and heard out of him thus far, um, like I said, he, he has the highest ceiling. There's no doubt about that. Kobe Pace is a guy that's – he doesn't have the long speed, but he's very physical. He wants to run through you. Um, and that's something that, you know, when you run a, a, a zone power scheme, that's what you want in your running back. You want a guy that can, that can make it happen between the tackles. Um, but it's really, it's really good when you have a guy that can – get through the middle and then and then take off yeah we've, we've had the luxury of watching Travis Etienne do that and being able to break tackles and, and get out in the open field but but you know Lynn J Dixon is probably the more of the scat back type um not to say that he's not physical or whatnot but he's just not built like Kobe Pace is and Shipley's kind of in between them I mean he's got the long speed he's got the ability to catch out of the backfield go in the slot run routes so and I think obviously what he gives you in the return game he's He's going to be featured. We're going to find ways to get the ball in his hands. So I think most people that don't keep up with recruiting, you probably don't know who a lot of the freshmen are. And I think Shipley's going to be – he's going to be very involved in the offense. So I think he's a guy that – a name you might not know that you definitely will by the end of the year if you watch Clemson. Yeah, well, there you go. There's a name to look out for. All right, well, I guess we will go ahead and move on to – Another ACC team, Georgia Tech. So I said, give me some, give me some top returning guys on both sides of the ball. Give me some camp updates, just whatever you got. Yeah. So uh, returning guys, obviously, you got to start with uh, Jeff, Jeff Sims, Jameer Gibbs, you know, Jordan Mason. Running back room really just stacked. Um, they say Jamias is finally healthy. 
Uh, he's been playing the past two years with some ankle injuries, and he's really stepped up his game. Good reports out of fall camp. So he's really wanting some touches. It's going to be tough to get touches in that that room with uh, Jameer. I think Jameer is one of the best running backs, not only in the in the in the conference, but in the country. Yeah. And I think he's going to have a really big year. Um, and then it's tough to take snaps away from Jordan. Right. I mean, he's just a, such a bruiser. Um, uh, Dante obviously is still there. Uh, he's explosive. Uh, returning wise, I think we have some question marks at the receiver position. Um, to answer your question about a household name, I won't answer it now, but before camp, I would have said Leo Blackburn, uh, or during camp reports, he was, he was out there. I mean, every day the, uh, the updates, it was just something about Leo, um, and towards ACL. So obviously that's, that kind of hurts us at the receiver position. We don't really have that guy that's just proven production. Um, I think Nate McCollum can step up in the slot. We got a Kyrick McGowan from Northwestern. Maybe you can line him up anywhere. I mean, on Northwestern's roster, here's a running back, but all of his um, uh, snaps and everything were at receiver, and he had good production at receiver. You can line him up in the slot. You can put him out wide. You can run a lot of jet sweeps. So I think he'll be uh, pivotal. I think he'll be pretty big in our offense. We're going to uh, work to get him the ball. And you got guys that are just, you know, they've, they've, they're up and down. Um, Adonicus Sanders, Malpac Carter, all those guys are – They'll have good catches, you know, they'll have good games and they'll have games where you, you just don't see them. Um, so I think consistency at receiver is going to be an issue. we got to have a guy that can step up. Offensive line is much better. Um, we brought in Devin Cochran finally. He was supposed to transfer last year. Something happened with his transfer credits from from Vanderbilt. But, I mean, he's an NFL uh, offensive tackle. He'll get drafted. Um, he's So to lock down that left tackle position is huge because now we have a little bit more leeway at the other positions. Um, Jordan Williams is actually starting at right tackle still, but Kenneth Kirby, the transfer from Norfolk Southern, was also has a, a draft grade. Um, he's fighting with with Jordan for that position. So just to have depth at offensive line is the first thing we've seen in a long time. Quality depth, not guys that you just throw out there and you know they're probably going to just absolutely get run through. Um, at the center, still a little questionable. I think we'll go with Mikey Minahan. And then uh, left guard is locked down with Ryan Johnson, the transfer from Tennessee. He had a great year last year. He's probably our best offensive lineman, most consistent. And then uh, right guard, a couple of guys are battling, like Kenny Cooper. Um, he just stays injured. And then um, Weston Franklin, a freshman, he's, uh, he's really picking it up and, and fighting for some time. So um, I think offensive line will be drastically uh, improved. Defensively, uh, returning guys, you still got Trey Swilling. He's mo moving more kind of to the nickel spot after Caleb Oliver transferred out. Um, then you've got uh, Zamari Walton. I think he's our best corner. He's been our best corner for the past two years. Uh, he's a guy that can potentially play his way into a draft pick. Um, you've also got – now we've transferred in uh, Kenyatta Watson from Grayson, from, and he uh, came from Texas. So he had a pretty good camp. Guys in the secondary, like Tobias Oliver, he's finally healthy this year. They said last year he played with a bunch of injuries. Um, so I'll be interested to see where he he's at. The corner position is kind of interesting because you have a guy like Miles Brooks, high-rated recruit, didn't get much playing time. I think there's a lot of competition. And then at the uh, safety position, Wanye has got to have a better year than he had last year. I think he's shown that he can be that guy back there. But I think there's a lot of distractions, honestly, with him last year. And same thing for Tariq. Tariq's finally to a good play and weight, playing with a good speed, um, back to how he was when he had a really good year in 2019. Last year, just 
Uh, he was got too heavy after both of those surgeries on his wrist, and he just wasn't able to get back in that, that playing shape. Uh, linebacker, we're in a much better spot as well with um, with with uh, Ace. We brought in Ace from Maryland, um, Ace Ely or Ayendi. I think he will be a, a dude for us. He's, I don't know, 6'3", in the 240 range, can absolutely roll. And uh, definitely, I think, addition by subtraction, just not having David Curry out there. Um, nice. I think we get better. Uh, no, no offense to my guy, but, you know, I just – I think we've got better uh, at the linebacker position with that upgrade. Uh, then Trenelius Tatum, you know, we flipped him late from Carolina. He showed up to campus looking like a, a grown grown man with a, a baby face, you know, baby face kid on a grown man's body, and he's been um, having a good camp. He's coming along. So at linebacker, we're we're much better position. And defensive end, I mean, we just got so much talent there. A lot of guys just kind of mix matching. Uh, Jordan Dominic obviously had a big year last year. He's really um, dominant when it comes to getting to the quarterback. Defensive tackle, we just had a bunch of inexperience. Now we've got guys like Daquan Douse and Akio Stone, just huge dude, 6'6", 320. They just didn't have the snaps. They finally got some snaps, and they're finally picking things up. And I really like Marco Coleman working with those guys. I think he's I think he's a good defensive line coach. So excited to see what we, what we do at defensive tackle. Um, obviously, we'll still have Juquan Griffin, Jemias' older brother. Um, he's probably been our most consistent guy. And then we still have uh, Jamin Brooks. Um, which he's like in his sixth year, I think. So I think we'll be fine at defensive line. I'm interested to see how we do at linebacker. And then I think obviously where we get worse is punter. I mean, special teams like that. It's just, it's hard. You can only go down when you lose the best punter in the country. Nobody was better. Shout out so, Presley. Yeah, shout out Presley. Yeah, so they're booming it. But brought in a lefty Aussie kid, David Shanahan. Um He's battling for the punter position with Austin Kent. So I hopefully we won't be punting as much with a better offensive line. I think we're really going to be able to run the ball. Um, so hopefully we'll just be, be punting less. And then um, at kicker, we brought in Brent Samaglia from Tennessee. And at, in camp, every scrimmage, he's been, you know, five for five, six for six, you know, whatever it is. He's just been nailing it. So that's automatically one or two games we would have won last year if we just could kick the ball at all. I mean, we'd move the ball inside the 20 get to the 20 stall out and miss a field goal, get it blocked. Like it was just so bad. We couldn't even kick extra points. So to have that ability right now is, is, is huge. That was just like an instant upgrade when we brought him in over the transfer. So uh, all in all, I think we'll, they, the reports coming out of camp are much better. I mean, things just as Jeff, Jeff last year came as a freshman. He had four days of camp before, or four days of spring before spring got canceled, had camp, won the starting job the last week or the last day of camp, I believe it was. And then went out there and showed flashes, but just sh also showed just stupid freshman mistakes. And, you know, I was still trying to figure it out on the fly. He was learning on the fly, trying to – he was doing things that he was doing in high school that just aren't going to work at the college level. So, I think he's learning. Um, I think it was a good offseason for him. And uh, I don't know. I, I think we're much more focused on winning now. I think there was a bunch of kind of bullshit going on around the – the team just worrying about the wrong things. And right now we're just focused on winning. That's Collins. His message is what's important now is winning. And uh, I, I think also cutting down on penalties, discipline. I know that's been a huge thing um, in the in the camp reports. 
is that, you know, if a guy messes up, he'll stop the whole practice and everybody pays for it. So I think there's a lot more accountability for stupid mistakes and penalties and those things cost us in some games recently. So I'm glad to see that, that maybe we're kind of cutting out some of the, the bullshit and some of the slogans and all that talk, just, just play football and play the right way. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I hear you. Um, does anybody have any questions? Yeah, I do. Um, Go for it. So you talked about in the beginning, running back room stacked, uh, offensive lines improved, Jeff Sims in his second year. So there's a lot to be excited about offensively. Um, but last year, Tech, not to bring up any demons, uh, averaging – giving up nearly 37 points per game, 36.8. It's good for uh, 110th out of 128 FBS teams. So we know Jeff Collins is a former defensive coordinator at a lot of big-time schools, you know, kind of a defensive-minded head coach. So notable additions, obviously, being Kenyatta Watson from Texas, a uh, guy you hadn't mentioned yet, uh, linebacker Kevin Harris came over from Bama. Uh, and then, obviously, the, the guy that came in from uh, Old Dominion, uh, kind of an edge rush type, Keon, Keon White. White. yeah. Uh, so tell me, tell me about those three guys. I guess you touched on Kenyatta a little bit, but just, I mean, what's, obviously we know there's, there's a lot of guys returning on defense from last year's team. So what's, what, what's going to be different this year? Uh, I think, yeah, hell, we brought in so many damn transfers. It was, I, I guess I just let some slip. Uh, starting with Kevin, <clears throat> Kevin uh, came from Bama and he was kind of that tweener where he wasn't, quite fast enough or quite made to be an outside linebacker and in Bama system, that's what he was trying to play. Um, for us, he's going to be that weak side defensive end, that stand-up uh, edge rusher. And um, apparently he just fits in our system a lot better. He's, he's uh, had, had, had a good, good fall camp. And um, I think he just, he's going to play at a much higher level in our system. I think he, he's finally in a, a, a system that fits him. Um, What's he look like size-wise? Uh, I'd have to look size wise. I, I, I'm he's a he's a much bigger guy. I think he's also put on some weight since now he's able to be at that stand up. Uh, him may put his hand on the ground every once in a while at the at defensive that pass rusher that defensive end. Um, he's much more stout than he was when he came when he came from Bama, but he's also really really fast and quick off that edge. Um, Keon is much bigger. Uh, he's also coming off an injury, though. I don't think he'll be ready to go for the um, for the season opener. He's coming off like a broken bone in his ankle or his foot or something like that. He had like a freak workout injury where he just broke something. But he but he also didn't play last year. I mean, he was he was uh, Old Dominion's leading tackler, and he was um, he was a beast for Old Dominion. And uh, I don't know how he'll be coming off. I mean, I, th I think he's got a lot of rust to kick off, not playing a year and then coming off. Uh, an injury like he had but he's he's a big dude he's fast uh, he's a force off the end a lot of people were trying to get him in the transfer pro transfer portal I think we we're lucky to get him and then Kenyatta I think Kenyatta adds a lot of depth he can play nickel he can slide out the corner um, he could even slide to the safety position he's he's pretty versatile he's got good size he's 6'3 uh, around 215 range I mean he's he's built he's fast um, and he's also had a good fall camp uh, a lot of the like little clips you'll get out of fall camp or him in coverage. And uh, that's good to see because we need that versatility in the back end. I think the biggest difference will be linebacker play. You'll notice has to be better. I think it will be better. Katavian Franks is another guy that came from Creekside, him and Tyson McGuez, Tyson towards ACL. I was more excited about Tyson, but Katavian's coming along. 
Um, and then I'm not even mentioning Quez Jackson. I mean, I think he was one of our – he's one of our leading top tacklers returning. Um, he's a smaller guy, but he's just got that that linebacker instinct, whereas some of our other line, linebackers may have had the size, but they just didn't have the instincts. And a lot of misfits, misalignments, weren't fit in the right gap and busted plays. So um, I think that's a big deal. Linebacker plays is going to be much better, especially with Ace being kind of the leader on that field. Uh, our leader of that group, actually, at that position. Um, I look for Ace to have a big year. And then I think secondary-wise, I mean, not to make excuses, it just seemed like the guys were just very distracted. It seemed like there's a lot of things, I mean, de definitely going on, like, society and stuff. And, like, if you got on Twitter, there are a bunch of guys just always, you know, talking about what's going on or whatever. I think with the COVID and everything, they just weren't focused. Tariq, like I said, he – had that sur had both surgeries on his wrists and wasn't in shape. And I think he was at one time 35, close to 40 pounds overweight. In the secondary, that's just not going to work. You're not going to be able to match up with guys. And we had a lot of busted coverage and we just didn't play the ball well in the air. I mean, we would be in position at times and just not play it, play the play the make a play on the ball. So um I think that's going to be where the biggest difference is. And I think just purely having more experience on the defensive line and interior defensive line, we've got the big dudes. I mean, the bodies are there. Um, you just got to have that experience. And we've finally got guys that have around 200 snaps in their career, which is not a lot still, but it's more than what we had last year. And then uh, I'd be interested to see if Zeke Biggers makes it out there. Uh, 6'6", 360, I think he was. Sheesh. Uh, he's, he's a – no, he might be 6'8". I'd have to go back and look, but I'll – all I know is he's one of the biggest humans I've seen. And they said he's not out there just, you know, just a big dude in the way. I mean, he's actually out there uh, using technique, um, doing his assignment. Like, he looks like a football player. So, I'm excited to see what he can do at defensive tackle. He was a freshman. Hell, I think he was playing at that weight basketball in a state championship last – this past spring, dunking the ball and stuff. So, he's athletic. He's an athletic big. He's not just – you know, one of those big unathletic guys that's just going to stand there and get in the way. So I'm excited to see if he can make his way out there, be a little Terrence Cody or something, a little throwback. That'd be nice. That's right. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that you're right. Defense definitely has to be better. We've seen those guys play better. That's what's frustrating. We've seen Tariq play really well. We've seen Wanya play really well. They just had something was going on last year. So I'm excited. And also, like you mentioned, Jeff, being a former defensive coordinator, He'll be more hands-on. Last year, he wasn't able to do that with all everything, just managing everything going on with the COVID and all that kind of stuff. Like, we, he just had so many fires he was trying to put out. It was just a, kind of a cluster the whole year. I don't think he was as hands-on as he, he wanted to be. I know every day at camp, you'll see him working with the defensive backs, which last year we didn't get that. So that's his position group. Uh, that's his specialty. So I, I, I'll – think there'll be a little bit and hopefully there'll be a big improvement but I, I think we'll see improvement on the defensive side so while we're talking about tech's defense I know you said Jamari Walt probably you guys best cover corner but just from from my memory probably one of the best if not the best guy in the secondary the last couple of years has been Wesley Walker out of the nickel yeah he's, he's back right yes he is back he's been really good he's another one of those guys that's just he he doesn't get a lot of notoriety. I mean, you don't hear like you don't hear his name much, but you heard every, it here first. Every time you see him on the field, he's making a play, or you don't ever see him. Maybe it's a better thing in his position is 
you don't you don't ever notice him out there because he's not a guy just blowing coverage, getting to getting toasted. Like uh, I I think he's pretty good. I think he's definitely above average and I think he has some limitations in, in his size and some things, but other guys bring to the table that I think that's why they get a little bit more, um, you know, publicity and their, their names thrown out there a little bit more, but yeah, he, he'll be there. We have depth in the secondary. That's the thing is, I mean, hell, I didn't even mention Derek Allen transfer from Notre Dame, Miles Sims transfer from Michigan. I mean, both of those guys have bulked, bulked up in much better shape, good reports coming out of camp. So it's just going to be interesting to see who gets these snaps. I mean, I really want to see Miles Sims. I really want to see Miles Brooks. I mean, there's just guys that it's going to be tough to get playing time. It's kind of like it's less proven talent than the running back room, but it's kind of like the running back room where guys just it's going to be tough for them to get snaps. So I'd be interested to see who we slide to the nickel. I think Trey's going to play a lot of nickel. I think he fits that position better than just a straight up outside corner. Uh, he's much bigger body type, can still run, but I think that that's more his position. And Trey's had good years for us. I think Trey's a little bit underrated, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Secondary's going to be interesting to see who's who's getting the snaps as it's going to be tough. All right, well, I guess uh, I guess hit me with your guy that's going to be a household name by the end of the season. I mean, I really it's, – it's, it's tough to say because on the offensive side of the ball, like, people know Jeff's name. People know Jameer. I mean, obviously, you're, I think you're going to know Jameer as a top eight running back in the country this year. Um, I think he's that good. He's put on a lot of weight, and he, but he's also playing much faster. They're, they're saying he's even, like, he's picked up speed, which is crazy because he was already fast. Um, but, I mean, those aren't really – those are kind of already household names. People know them. I guess I kind of have to go with Ace. Ace, yeah. Avery Boyd is one that if he could – if he could be more consistent on the field, I think he could be that guy. He's freakishly athletic, probably the fastest guy on the team, and he's really bulked up. But he's also coming off a season-ending injury last year. It's tough to recover from. Um, looked really good at spring – in the spring game, just looked like one of those guys that you notice him. You're like, damn, that's a big dude. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm going to go with Ace for right now. I think he's going to be an all ACC linebacker. I mean, I, I think he's really going to be that good for us and a leader of our defense. So he'll be one of those guys that you see, you know, key players to the game before game. I think his name will be up there. So I'm going to go with Ace for right now. I hear you. All right, Davini, UGA. What's up? What's up with camp? What's up with uh, good returners? Just what's up with the questions for me? What? Davini, you didn't have any questions for me? No, uh, not really. Um, I would you all cleared right. up my confusion because I didn't know all the damn transfers y'all had uh, on defense. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, y'all basically know most of it because um, we've talked about it before, but I'll try right. to keep it short. You're talking to the people listening. Defense, um, <laughs> front seven coming back. They're already. <laughs> They're stout. Um, I'm excited about them. 
Um, Who's the front four? Yeah. Do what? Who's the front four? Trayvon Walker's replacing uh, Malik Harrigan, who got drafted but tore his ACL in the senior bowl practice. Um, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt are coming back at nose and D tackle. Um, also, I got I can't forget about Jalen Carter. Um, we'll talk about him more later. Um, but Jordan Davis is expected to have a big year. Um, he was injured a lot last year. Um, with a fractured elbow, um, forgot which bone it was, but, um, so he's, he's back at full strength. He's tearing it up in camp right now. Abusing the offensive line. Um, why it's one of those super seniors. Um, he took advantage of coming back. Um, he probably needed it for his, uh, draft stock, but you know, he's a good better guy to have back there. Um, and then at linebackers, you got Nolan Smith. Um, he's probably going to be more of an edge rusher, like he's always been. You know, he was a really talented recruit. Um, I was expecting big things out of him last year. Um, and, you know, he kind of scratched the surface of his potential, allegedly. So, you know, hopefully – himself you know he's been uh pretty good uh, the past couple of years and uh, i'm expecting Nakobe to have a big big year this year uh quay walker um you know he's another guy that's been in the system for a couple of years um not as fast but um he's a heavy hitter um you also see a little bit of chain tindall uh rotating in and out um he's probably the best uh, special teams player on the team, uh, but uh, he's is also good at getting after the quarterback. Um, let's see. The biggest question on defense, obviously, is the secondary. Um, you had guys Tyson Campbell, Eric Stokes, DJ Daniel all get drafted or um, graduated. LeCount. I mean, our whole our whole back end pretty much got wiped except uh, Lewis Sign and Latavius Brenning and Christopher Smith. Um, and Sign was the only one that played more than a couple games. He played ten last year. Um, and the other guys barely got any snaps compared to anyone else. So the secondary is going to be interesting. You know, we got DK coming in from Clemson. I'm excited about him. Uh, he brings a a veteran presence you know we've already seen what he can do um out there on the boundary um i'm interested to see what clemson does with him because they definitely know his weaknesses and i want to i'm interested to see how they attack him um come in a couple weeks we got a, a couple transfers in uh tyke smith out of west virginia he had a really good coverage grade last year he was probably the best guy um coverage wise on that defense and he's you know that's a, a big uh get for us but unfortunately he broke a bone in his foot so I don't think he's even going to be able to play uh the first week against Clemson so it's probably going to be um Latavius Brenny at star position 
with Lewis on at safety. Um, my prediction, not to interrupt, but my prediction that is that kind of is like a blessing in disguise. I think Brittany matches up in that slot a little bit. Better, or so, so least. the star, the star is like the nickel. Yeah, they they okay. call it the star in, in in Kirby's defense. Yeah, okay. same thing. And I think with his size, he, I'm not saying he's a coverage freak, but I'm just saying I think he might match up a little bit better. Yeah, yeah I mean, our own Tyke Smith is that West Virginia's entire defensive scheme is like cover three, so they're. He's running a lot of that middle field zone, being able to come down, play the play the flats, and Georgia's heavy, heavy man coverage based. So, not to say that he can't cover in man, but the crazy season he had last year was a lot of it zone, playing with the ball in front of him instead of matched up man to man. But I mean, we know what he can do. So. I just, I just think if Clemson lines Justin Ross up in the slot like they say they're going to do, I think it might be a little bit of a blessing in disguise with his size, just naturally. I think he might be able to match up a little bit better than Tyke, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Brittany, Brittany's good. I'm not saying he's not good. Uh, you know, Tyke just has a lot more of experience, and his secondary coach came to Georgia with him. Um, so they got, they got that connection. Um, but just to, but, I'm, just to confirm, like, Tyke's maybe 5'10", right, or 5'11". He's not, he's not six foot. No, he's not a big guy. Yeah, and then Brenny, I think, is six one. Yeah, Brenny's bigger and probably I think he's faster too. I mean, Brenny, Brenny is really good at diagnosing run plays and filling the box. You saw it a little bit in the Cincinnati game when he started. Um, I just think in this particularly, I think it might be a good thing for Georgia. We'll get into that next week, though. Yeah, we'll get more yeah. into the matchup next week. Prediction <laughs> um, is I. Think but yeah, I, I liked I actually liked Tyke in this um, game against Clemson because people have been talking about on the boards, which you know people talk whatever. Um, that the way Clemson operates their offense, you know, Sam, you can back me up or tell me I'm wrong, but y'all tend to run a lot of screen plays and play action off those screen plays and. Um, and people were talking about how Tyke would help because he can run and can run more of a, you know, zone scheme uh, with the safeties and they can come in and attack those guys. Um, but, I mean, I would have loved for him to be out on the field against Clemson, but, you know, Brenny's not, not a terrible – I mean, he's just almost there. I mean, he's just as good probably talent-wise. Um, and he knows Kirby – Kirby's defensive scheme a lot more than Tyke probably does. Um, but the big questions are on the outside. Um, the safety and star position, I'm not really worried about because um, you got Smith and Brenny. And then Lewis, obviously, the headhunter himself will be at safety. Um, out wide right now, what I'm reading is – you know, obviously DK is going to be one of them. Um, you know, it's just talent and experience is more than any other corner on the roster, um, experience-wise. Um, on the other side, Ringo, Keely Ringo, five-star recruit, uh, got hurt last year, had surgery. So, pretty much rehabbed all last year to get any playing time. Him and Amir Speed are fighting it out um, for that second spot right now. 
um, in camp. And then the scrimmage, they both got playing time with ones on defense. So my guess, which I know we'll probably talk about this next time, um, is they throw speed out there first because um, he is longer. But if anything bad happens, they'll probably, you know, Ringo will definitely play in that game for sure. You know, Ringo's one of the fastest guys on that defense. Wait, so you're saying Amir Speed is just like bigger? Yeah, he's six three. Well, Keeler Ringo's like six one or six two though, right? Yeah, I think he's like six one. So I mean, he's not. I mean, yeah. he's longer. Yeah, I mean, he's just like he's just because against the matchup, we close the wide receivers. Yeah, all the wide receivers are what over six two, Sam. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody we're gonna run out there. J. Ross six four. Got a. Ladson both around 6'3", 6'4". EJ's probably 6'2", 6'3". I mean, everybody we got is big. Uh, like I said, we don't really have a ton of the slot types, so everybody's going to be tall. Yeah. Basketball team off the bus. <laughs> yeah, the corner the corner spot scares me a lot. Because, um, you know, you've even seen DK give up big plays too. Um, but, I mean, having, having yeah. an aggressive front seven, it always makes the back end look better. So, yeah, it does, but you know, the passer and giving your guys in the back end a lot better chance to make a play on a a pressured quarterback trying to throw the ball. Yeah, and one thing um, is also that our defense is really fast. Uh, we got a lot of guys that can get to the ball really quick um, on the defensive side, so that that's one thing I like to see. Um, this front seven we have this year is a lot like the one we had in 17 um, with uh, Roquan and Lorenzo and all those guys when that defense was stout. Um, not comparing them to the same, but I'm just saying the front seven is really good because we, <laughs> we usually don't have, you know, guys you can throw at the zero technique and blow up the offensive line. That's usually not a thing at Georgia. Uh, we got that right now, though, so I'm excited about that. Um, All right, talk offense. Give me – Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I'll start with running backs since I'll be the quickest. Uh, Zamir White, probably going to go out there, obviously. Um, I think he's going to have a good year. Not, I don't think one guy's going to break 1,000 yards, though. I mean, because – we can give it to any one of those five guys and they'll tote the rock. I mean, we got three five stars and two four stars. Cook, I think, is going to be utilized a lot more, you know, in the passing game. He looked really good last year um, when we did that. Kendall Milton is a stud. He's probably going to be the bell cow next year after White and Cook leave. McIntosh is very – overlooked I think McIntosh could start in a lot of other programs right now um he can catch the ball out of the backfield he's very versatile he can run hard he makes people miss um I like McIntosh a lot I mean Dejon Edwards aka Dejon Mustard um is the last guy back there who also can run the ball pretty well too. So running back, I'm not worried about it at all. Obviously, you know, quarterback, we got JT back there. He had a couple good games last year, but 
you know, against the toughest opponent defensive-wise, um, he struggled in the first half against Cincinnati. Um, he really didn't get it together until the second half. So I'm interested to see how he does um, this year. Now, you know, like y'all said, full spring, full summer, um, throwing a lot of those guys, and it doesn't help. The wide receiver and tight end room is kind of in shambles right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Talk, talk a little bit on them. Everyone's getting hurt. Uh, Darnell broke the same bone in the same foot as Tyke on the same practice. What what bone? Um, the fifth month parcel, so pinky. Um, yeah, so he's he's not going to be out there against Clemson, which is a real a real bummer because he was going to be a mismatch. Um, for them. Uh, what drill do y'all do to, to do that? I don't know. I guess they all huddled up and, you know, jumped up and down on each other's feet. Yeah, it's, foot, it's feet getting something. stepped on. I don't know. Because even – even uh, feet getting stepped on. Yeah, even Fitzpatrick. Like you guys stomp on each other's feet, and the first one to break a fifth metatarsal. You always had two guys at the same on the same day just have a really good day. Yeah. Break the same. Yep. Yeah, so I don't know what I don't know what's going on there. Even the backup tight end, uh, Fitzpatrick, um, hurt got hurt too. But he'll he'll be back for Clemson, and I'm I'm happy about that because he's actually a lot better um, at blocking than Darnell was. He's he's old, isn't he, Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I think yeah. he was in the same class. As, you want you want to know who recruited him? Let me guess, Beamer. Yeah. <laughs> He did. I've I've heard uh, I've heard Brock Bowers is going to get some some PT. I've heard. He's yeah, gonna they've been they've been hyped up about him uh, during camp. Uh, they're saying he's a stud out of Cali. Um, yeah. So I'm excited Forward. to see what he can do. Um, All right, yeah, starting yeah. starting receivers. Um. Well, I'll start with injuries. Um, Jermaine and Rosemary, uh Jack Saint, are both back and healthy and good to go. Um, Blaylock still hasn't been cleared after he tore his ACL again. Um, so we probably won't see Blaylock against Clubs. So we probably won't even see him the next week against UAB, to be honest with you. Um, you know, obviously in the slot, we got uh, Kiaris Jackson. Um, he's a stud right there. He'll probably get drafted next year um, at a good old Peach State. Um, behind him, though, it's probably going to be Arian Smith. Um, you're going to see a lot of uh, go routes there because um, he, him and Keely Ringo are the fastest guys on the team. Um, outside, obviously, Jermaine Burton um, is probably going to be the X. Um, since we still haven't even – we don't even know where Arik is right now. I don't, I don't even, like – I don't know. Like, yeah. it's, I don't even know if he's a part of the program, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. On the other yeah. side, they are talking about uh, Rosemary Jackson. You know, you saw a little bit of him uh, last year in the Florida game. He looked really good. Um, he's apparently – he's tearing it up. And Justin Robinson. They all haven't heard much about him. Um is he the one that we saw his ACL just 
get obliterated in that football game and the Florida game. Yeah, snapped his ankle. Mm. That was him. Yeah, we saw um, him in the Florida game. You definitely saw him. Yeah, you definitely saw him. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. And a guy that's going to come, I think, out of nowhere later in the year is Adoni Mitchell, uh, the freshman uh, wide receiver. Um, They've been talking a lot about him during camp, and he's a stud. He balled out in the spring game. Um, And a lot of people thought that was just like a, you know, one-time deal um, just because it was spring and not everybody was playing. Um, but they're, they're saying he's still tearing it up in camp. So I think he's going to get some playing time. He ran with the ones in the scrimmage uh, on Saturday, last Saturday a little bit. So I think you're going to see him too. Um, obviously, I wish we could have Pickens still, um, but he probably won't be back at all this year unless we go far. Um, so, yeah, I mean, offensive line is – very interesting too. Um, I still I have an idea of who's going to start where, but it could change before the before game time. All right, give I mean, it give it to it give it to us. What you're like your thoughts right now? Um, what I think they're going to do is because they're not going to want to start a redshirt freshman or a true freshman against that Clemson defensive line. They're going to move because um, Sawyer is originally a guard. Um, I think they're going to leave him out at tackle, at left tackle. Because um, I heard Sailor was working at center the other day. Yeah, him, uh, Cedric uh, Van Pran and uh, Sawyer are, ro- are rotating at center. Van Pran's kind of been taking more snaps, but um, Sawyer's there just, you know, just to back up because um, right. the main guy got hurt, obviously. Last year, he graded out really, really damn good. Yeah, he he's probably he's the best offensive lineman for sure. Um, him and Schaefer are the two guys. Yeah. Schaefer um, is going to be left he's guard. The, he's the old head that was right tackle last year, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he was in – I think he was in like the 17 – 2017 recruiting class. Or 20 – yeah, 2017, I think. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be – Sawyer, Schaefer, uh, Van Pran at center, Tate Rattledge at right guard, um, and then Warren McClendon at right tackle, and he played a little bit at right tackle. So um, there's going to be a couple new guys on the offensive line, um, and I'm skeptical about, but, you know, that's just how it is. Um, when you're rotating, we're going to have a lot of guys rotating in. Mims is tearing it up, but Broderick Jones – um, so, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what, what Clemson does, um, because there are going to be a lot of young guys, um, on the offensive line. So I don't know. I mean, I gave who I thought it's going to be out there, but you know, it could change, um, come game time. But, uh, I mean, yeah, that's about it. You got any questions? Honestly, I think I think you I think we just asked a lot of questions during yours, so I don't I don't really have anything. Yeah, I don't really either. But you know, the thing I've been asking everybody, one guy that you know the fan base might not really know of right now that could become a household name by the end of the season. Does Jalen Carter count? Yeah, I'd say so. 
I mean, I sure. said that about a month ago, but I'm sticking with it. Yeah. Sounds good to me. No doubt about it. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <clears throat> well, I guess – yeah. Like, yeah, I guess – I guess. New Hope, let's hear it. Yeah, man. Um, well, you know, of I course – Beamer, Beamer's got the spirits high, got the hope going. Um, have a lot of mo- had a lot of momentum on the recruiting trail coming into the preseason. Um, recently had some stuff happen. You know the new the transfer from Kansas, Karan Pronti, who was supposed to come in and take um, take one of the starting corner spots, transferred out of nowhere. Um, Luke Doty got his foot stepped on in practice. And they thought it was a lot worse. Uh, Beamer was talking about it the other day and said he thought it was season ending at first. But then uh, the next day when all the testing came back, um, turned out to just be a sprain. So he's questionable for the first game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess looking at, looking at the defense, uh, defensive line should be, should be good. Um, you got J.J. and Ngbari, of course, coming back. Um, Played really well last year, obviously. I'd venture to say probably one of the top returning DNs in the SEC. Um, and then I think to start the season, I think on the other side of him is going to be Aaron Sterling. Aaron Sterling's a fifth-year guy. Um, he's played a lot of football for South Carolina. So I think he's the first one that goes out there uh, and plays end. Um, then you got Jordan Birch and Jordan Strawn. Jordan Strong transferred from Georgia State. He's put on about 30 pounds since he arrived on campus, came in about 215. He's about 245 right now. Um, all the reports out of camp from him is have been good. And then, of course, Jordan Burch, five-star recruit. Um, same thing with him. Um, you know, it, it's going to be – it's it's either going to be Burch or it's going to be Aaron Sterling going out for the first snap um, and then Enigbar on the other side. And then inside you got Pickens – uh, Zach Pickens, another five-star guy. And then Jabari Ellis, a guy that played a lot of football uh, last year. He was a starter last year. He's coming back. He's put on a bunch of weight. Um, says he's feeling good. Uh, feeling feeling much, much uh, comf- more comfortable in that spot than he did last year. Um, for the linebackers, of course, Ernest Jones left, uh, playing for the Rams now. Um, so we got Sherrod Green, who's who's also an older guy. He's played a lot of football. He's going to be uh, playing the Mike position. Um, he didn't really play a lot, or he didn't really play at all last year because of injury. Uh, the year before, he had a really good year, though. So hopefully he can continue that. And then Brad Johnson is going to play the Will position. Uh, he's actually a guy that played with his hand in the dirt a lot um, under the previous staff. Played more of the buck, D-end type position. This staff kind of moved him back to the wheel position. So, uh, we'll see. He hasn't been a super productive guy throughout his career so far. But maybe, you know, maybe he needed this position change to uh, to get it going. But the guys behind him, uh, Mo Kaba, who's a pretty highly touted recruit, excited about him. He's, he's young. He's still kind of getting situated in there. And then um, Debo Williams, who's a transfer from Delaware, I've heard a lot of really good things from him out of camp, but he's still – he's also a young guy. Um, you know, so he's a transfer from Delaware, but he never actually played at Delaware. He went there. Uh, they canceled their season, and then he transferred. So, he's still technically a freshman. Um, and then for the corners – well, I guess I'll go to safety. Safety's always been a question 
for, I mean, for a long time now. R.J. Roderick's returning. Um, I don't know what it is with this guy, but both staffs so far just love this guy. Uh, Beamer said that he practices like an all-SEC safety. Um, he obviously has not put that on the field yet. Um, so we'll see if this year he can he can kind of put it together and just pl- be a little bit more productive. Um, and then on the other side, Jalen Foster, he, he was a walk-on. Uh, he played a lot last year towards the end of the season. Um He's probably not the best option right there. I mean, he he's, he played well, but you know, you want you want to have a little bit, little bit, a uh, little bit more talent out there. But the the transfer from Washington State, um, Tyrese Ross, he's been in COVID protocol for a while during camp, so he hadn't really been out there. Um, but he recently came back and and during the most recent uh, media availability, the coaches are saying that he's making his way up the depth chart. So that's good. And then uh, looking at the outside, um, Cam Smith's been hurt with a ankle, I think an ankle sprain or something. I'm not sure his exact injury. They, never, they haven't really ever said it, but he's been out in a walking boot. Um, so I don't know if he'll be ready for the first game, but Marcellus Dial, a guy from GMC, um, Beamer actually said that he might be the most he might have had the most impressive camp out of out of all the defensive players. So that's good to hear from a corner because that's definitely a position of need. Um, and then another guy who's been on the roster for a long time, Darius Rush. Uh, he came in, I think, 2018. I think he was in the 2018 class. Um, he played a little wide receiver and then he got moved to the defensive side of the ball and he's had a really good camp. Um, Obviously, you want you want to see Cam Smith back out there because he's he's a really talented guy. But you know, we'll see. Um, and then for the nickel, it just depends on kind of what we're looking at with this Clayton new Clayton White defense. Um, you know, there's going to be times where we have kind of a bitter bigger nickel out there. Um, and Jamar Brown, who's who has been a linebacker, he's kind of a hybrid linebacker safety type guy. Uh, that's going to be playing some nickel. And then a couple transfers also that are more of the DB-type coverage guys and David Spalding from uh, Georgia Southern and Carlins Platel from Assumption College in Pennsylvania or something. Excuse me? Yeah, Assumption College. Assumption College. Yeah. Yeah, but both those guys have played well. Um, we'll just have to see, you know, there's a lot of new faces on the defense, obviously with, you know, we got a lot of guys that left last year. Um, JC Horn, Izzy McCombie, Ernest Jones, you know, uh, all those guys. So lots of new faces out there. We'll just have to see how, you know, how they play. Um, turn to the offensive side of the ball. Offensive line is a good unit returning four out of five starters from last year. We got about, I can't remember the exact number, but there's like 80-something starts combined coming back. Um, you got Jasmine Turnitin, who's a transfer from uh, from JUCO. He's going to start – I believe he's going to start at left tackle. He's a big 6'7", 230, 220, 230, somewhere around there. Um, left guard, Jalen Nichols. He played a lot of left tackle. Um, he actually started left tackle during that 2019 Georgia game that we won. Um, so he's, he's played a lot of football here. He, they moved him into guard, and and I think he's found a good spot there. Um, then you got Vincent du- or not Vincent Douglas, um, Eric Douglas at center started last year. He's a good 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 player, uh, anchor in the middle. Javon Gwynn at right guard 
strongest guy on the team. Apparently, uh, he's just a just a just a bruiser. And then Dylan Wanham, uh, anchoring the line at the left on the left tackle uh, or right tackle. My bad. Dylan Wanham's at right tackle. Uh, he's played a lot of football. Freshman All SEC guy. Uh, so hopefully he can come back to form. He's deal with dealt with some injuries, but um, I guess we'll look at we'll look at running backs next. Uh, obviously you got Kevin Harris, and then uh, he's he's been out. He had a little back procedure. I'm not sure what it was, but he's been out for a little bit. Then you got Marshawn Lloyd still kind of recovering for that from the ACL. Uh, he said he's 100, um, but I think he's still kind of working his way up to full speed. And then Zaquandre White, all the coaches have been raving about him all through camp. Um, he was the number one Juco running back coming out, uh, in his class. So, you know, he's had some, uh, ball protection issues, but hopefully he can, he can take a step in the spring game. He played really well. So we'll see, um, tight end obviously is a big position. Nick Muse returning starter. Um, I think he was, he was like the second top pass catcher on the team last year. Uh, then you got Jaheim Bell, who's going to be like an H-back hybrid tight end type guy. You can split him out wide. Um, I think he's going to be he's going to be a big uh, part of the offense. You got EJ Jenkins, who's a transfer from St. Francis. He's a huge guy, 6'7". Um, I mean, he looks the part. He he played well in the spring game. The coaches are saying, you know, he's he's been he's he's just a mismatch out there. Obviously, at 6'7". Um, looking at wide receiver. Wide receiver is an interesting position for us because, you know, we didn't have much productivity last year outside of Shai Smith, and now Shai Smith's gone. So, uh, <clears throat> right now, the starters, the number one guy, <clears throat> excuse me, number one guy is Jalen Brooks, uh, the transfer. He came in last year. Um, you know, he was – he had a lot of hype uh, through fall camp. You know, I remember the video of J.C. Horn kind of hyping him up. Um, so everybody thought he was in for a big season. You know, he didn't really get cleared, and throughout the season, he never really got his feet under him. Um, but people are raving about him now. Uh, he he's you know he says he feel more he feels more comfortable. Uh, so we'll see what we can get out of, get out of him. Josh Van is the next guy, guy that's again he's been on campus for a long time, hasn't been very productive through his career. Um, you just got to hope he takes the next step, and then the converted QB uh, to carry on Joiner is going to be that third guy. He's been making a lot of plays through camp um, from what I've been reading. And, you know, he's a fast guy. He's an athlete. He's a guy that you want to, you want the ball to be in his hands. Uh, so hopefully he can, he can be productive. He hasn't, uh, you know, there's been a lot of hype around him um, since he's been on campus, but he really truly hasn't been super productive necessarily. So hopefully this year he can actually, we can get the ball in his hands a little bit more and, and, and see what he can do. Um, and then finally, quarterback, which is a really interesting topic right now for South Carolina. Obviously, Luke Doty got his foot stepped on. Uh, so he's questionable for game one. And then you look, you look behind, you look behind him um, at the transfer, Jason Brown from St. Francis. Uh, and, you know, a couple months ago, a lot of fans were, were wanting him to start over Luke Doty. Um, but now that Doty's hurt, there's been a new, there's been a wrench thrown into it. And, uh, and grad assistant Zeb Nolan is putting on the pads again. 
uh he came he's he, he uh <laughs> he, he, i don't even know what to say uh he came from iowa state played a little bit there um eventually got beat out transferred to north dakota state who just put out um what's his face trey uh trey lance into into the nfl um but he backed up trey lance there and then i guess you know he was done with football came to be a grad assistant at south carolina and uh, now he's putting on the pads again because apparently our QB room is that bad. Um, so I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Boy, just yearbook. Just close the yearbook, bro. Huh? I said, my boy just needs to close the yearbook. Yeah. Just well, give it up. I mean, I mean, he did give it up until the staff asked him to put it back on. I don't know. So apparently the QB <laughs> are not very good. If I, get this right, if I get this right, though, he was a grad assistant for y'all. Yeah. And they asked him to put the pads back on. Yes. I, I just I had to clarify. I, I didn't. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly. I didn't know if he like. And from what from what's coming out right now, there's a good chance that he starts week one if if Luke Doty cannot come back. So. Oh no. So y'all be looking for that headline. Um, that's going to be a college football He's headline right there. Uh, former South Carolina coach to start at QB today. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what hey, we got. Beaver back on? Huh? I said, at what point is Beamer going to throw the pads back on during the year? Just <laughs> for real. I don't know. I guess it's we'll so see. frustrated. Uh, yeah, it's I, at some point probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I have to say. I mean, you know, we're a we won two games last year. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully Beamer can get stuff turned around. Uh, the energy around the program is a little bit better than it has been, or at least it was at the end of the old Muschamp thing. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see. You know, you got to put it on the field. So. Yeah, I got a question for you. How excited are you to see Marshawn Lloyd finally? I'm excited. I'm excited for sure. Um, yeah, he was a guy that was – he was supposed to start – he was he was the number one running back going into the year last year until he tore his ACL. And then Kevin Harris had the huge year that he did. Um, and now with Kevin Harris being hurt for most of camp, it's going to give him – it's really given Quandre White a really good chance to show what he's about. Um, but it's given – Marshawn Lloyd, a good chance to get get some reps out there. Um, so, hopefully, he's going to be full go. I wouldn't be surprised to see Zaquandre White take the first snap of the game, but I think Marshawn Lloyd's going to have a big game uh, in the first in, in game one. So same question to you. You asked all of us. Who's somebody we don't know right now? We're going to know their name at the end of the year. That's a good one because I, I honestly – I've got three guys that – could fit that. Jaheim Bell. Name one. I'm going to give you all three because I just said I have three. Jaheim Bell, who's a tight end. He can spit out wide. Huh? You could have had three if you wanted. Uh, but you asked this one player. Just, yeah, you, you just said shut name up. one guy. Just shut up. Just shut up. question was name one guy. <laughs> okay, Jaheim Bell. Why, why Jaheim Bell? 
Why Taco Bell? Because he's a he's a versatile guy. You know, he can he's gonna he's listed at tight end, but he's a guy that you can split out wide, play receiver. Uh, he played a little bit of running back in the in the spring game. I've heard there's gonna be some packages of him at, at Wildcat. So I think he's just gonna be he's gonna be a guy that plays a lot of different positions and is you know a big piece in the offense. So. No. <laughs> so what I guess we're not really getting into expectations yet, just yet, and predictions for the year. I guess when when are when are we gonna do that though? I guess we can go ahead and get into it. What podcast? My, my question is what are your personal expectations? Like, what do you want to see this year? Not Let's not necessarily get into, like, wins and losses, but what do you necessarily want to see as a fan? Um, outside of wins and losses, I want, to, I want to see a team actually improving as the year goes on because you, you never you – saw, you saw the opposite under Muschamp. You know, you saw the team – the team would hit their peak and then – fall off the rest of the season um i want to see a team improve week to week um i want to see an offense that can move the ball you know i want to see a defense that doesn't get just exposed all the time um but really what i want to see is is I want Beamer to still have all all the the confidence from the fans and from the players that he does right now at the end of the season. I think that's that's a win for the season if if that happens. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a tough one because I obviously we just went through that. I didn't have the best first two years, and it's easy to have a lot of optimism and. I don't want to use hype, but you just feel better about things until the games actually start. Right. And then you got half the fan bases have this – half the fan bases are idiots, and they think coach can't win, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's just things that are out of their hand when they first get – or first step on campus with a team that's not theirs. Yeah, it takes time. I mean, there's a reason you have a new coach. That's why I was kind of asking – yeah, asking your expectations because – like obviously yours are probably much more realistic than the average fan that doesn't know shit about football and they're out there just, oh my God, we're zero and six or hopefully not, but just saying, yeah, yeah. whatever <laughs> the case is. Wow, zero and six. So whatever the case is, our schedule would be bad. Yeah, no, I, I was just throwing out like a, a what if, but yeah. I'm saying like you get on our Twitter and there's like half these people that are like Collins is an idiot and all this stuff and you're like, dude, you realize what we just transitioned from. So. I think it kind of like it's a sobering point when games start playing. So I was kind of more interested to see what your expectations were because I think obviously you're probably much more realistic about you know the situation, you know the dynamics of the team and the situation of the program's in when he took over. So yeah, I mean, yeah, to get and, a dose of and that's it. And there, there are definitely fans that I've already seen that are you know thinking we're gonna get seven, eight, nine wins and just unrealistic expectations. Obviously, which is tough because you can't. Yeah, yeah, that's it's tough because if if you don't get those wins and the fans are looking at Beamer like you're failing, but you know if if he get if he makes a bowl game this year, that's a fantastic first year. So um, yeah. you know you just gotta. 
you got to measure success differently in a couple cases. You know, success for for Georgia right now is undefeated. Success for us would be getting a bowl game. So, you know, it is what it is. But I just wanted to see a team that, yeah, again, like I said, gets better week to week. Um, yeah, and just doesn't lay down and give up like like these past teams have done. I think measuring your success to getting to a bowl game is also a little lofty. And I take, I mean, that is no offense to you. I just, I know how tough it is. I mean, obviously we were probably in a worse situation trans, making a huge transition, but it's just so tough with a new regime when it comes to like, I mean, it's different than Kirby coming and taking over Mark Rick's team. It's obviously. So I just think you have to have a little bit more realistic and measure your successes in different ways and actually see, like you said, improvement. See that there's coaching going on. Right. I mean, you can only do what you can with it. So if you're coaching up that talent, that's one thing. If the talent is not getting any better or the product is just – Yeah, that's, to, that's know, also a really good point. Like if I – a lot of the, a lot of the guys I listed in, in kind of the – the starting lineup that I that I gave a little bit ago. A lot of the guys are guys that have been on the roster for a long time. So if these coaches can show that they can get more out of those players than you know the previous staff did, then I think even that's a win. That do, that doesn't yeah, show up necessarily in, in the win column. Right. All right. Well. All right. If that's, I don't know if y'all have anything else. I yeah, think I think if really that's next all. week. Uh, all right, yeah, you got it, bro. You got it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess next week we can kind of go into predictions. We can go into previews. Um, this is just kind of an update, honestly, and and looking looking at the teams before the season. Um, but you know, obviously, if you made it this far, then thank you for listening. Uh, but that's all we got. So, peace.